Will you pray with me, please? Lord God, Heavenly Father, please bless your word wherever it is proclaimed throughout the world this morning. May your word be a word of pardon and peace to convert those who have yet to come to saving faith in you and to confirm those who have received the blessings of Jesus for their lives. Lord, may your spirit be with us this morning that your word may pass from the ear to the heart, from the heart to the lip, and from the lip to the life, that as you have promised, your word may achieve the purpose for which you sent it, the salvation of people. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. The title of the message this morning is called Bursting the Bubble, and bubbles are fascinating things. Uh, Bonus points for you who splat in the splash zone this morning, okay? Um, This won't be quite like a Gallagher concert, but um, I think it'll be interesting. The interesting thing about bubbles is that they take these spherical shapes, and it's like a balance of outside pressure and inside pressure because of the surface tension of the liquid. And so as we make big bubbles, it's just fascinating to see how they take shape and how they form and how they do very well until they don't and they pop or they burst. And so these bubbles stay together because of the surface tension of the liquid. And we have a tension that we're gonna talk about in the message this morning in our Christian lives, especially as we witness to others who might be different than us. How many of you ever heard if uh, the, the phrase that Frankenmuth Frankenmuth, Michigan is kind of like a bubble or that there's like a bubble around Frankenmuth, Michigan, the town in which uh, we live, the town which our church is located. Raise your hand. Let me see that. Yeah, this was one of the things that was uh, said to me as I moved here and I've been living here for about a year, year and a half now. And um, it's interesting. They said Frankenmuth is like a bubble. Uh, It's a bubble between Flint to the south and Saginaw to the north and to the west. And it's also a bubble between that which is safe and secure and that which is not. And sometimes the interesting thing about living in a bubble is there are benefits and blessings to living in a bubble. Folks inside the bubble uh, tend to be related (laughs) rather than not. (laughs) Folks inside the bubble tend to be of the same ethnicity as is true the case of Frankenmuth, Michigan. Folks inside the bubble tend to have similar values. Folks inside the bubble uh, mow their lawns, keep their, their, the outdoor of their house pristine because someone might drive by and see it and because we're a tourist town and it has to do with hospitality. Folks inside the bubble have uh, similar, perhaps, views on life. And sometimes this can be good. It can be encouraging for us to share common beliefs and values and vision for the future. But sometimes this can also be a barrier to sharing Jesus Christ with others, especially others who are different than us. This Frankenmuth bubble. You know, they told me that um, the Frankenmuth bubble and the powers that be uh, actually prevented a Walmart from being uh, planted in town here and how that might have been a good thing for, again, the safety and security of the town. But I'm thinking, you know what, okay, maybe not a Walmart, but what if we had an Aldi? (laughs) I mean, that's German, right? And that's a grocery store, and that's interesting. It certainly made my wife happy. You know, could we just let, you know, could we let Aldi in that bubble? Would that be okay? And then it gets a little serious because you think about 
the safety and security of your family. You think about property damage or theft or crime or, or other things that come with more people being around. And some of those things can be very serious and we should take those things very seriously. But not at the, necessarily, not at the expense of being who God made us to be for the sake of other people. Friends, I want to share with you uh, three points this morning as we look at the tension of living in this bubble and the idea of bursting the bubble as God's people living and working here in the Frankenmuth area. First, the direction of epiphany. The direction of epiphany. Can you say epiphany? Epiphany. Epiphany, epiphany is an interesting word. It's actually describing a season of the church year between Christmas and Lent, the time we focus on the cross of Jesus Christ and look forward to his resurrection on Easter Sunday. But Epiphany is the season of the church here where God reveals to all people who his son is and his plan of salvation for them through his son. And, and God does this through various scriptures and various images and very his, various historical accounts. One of them is this one. It's the presentation of Jesus in the temple. And this image shows a picture of Simeon holding the baby Jesus with his Mary mother, uh, with uh, Jesus' mother Mary present. And Simeon was promised by God that he would not die until he saw the promised Messiah, this promised Savior of the Old Testament. And so as Simeon is holding Jesus in his hands, he says, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the presence of your people. A light to reveal you to the nations and also to uphold the glory of your people, Israel. Interesting here. So interesting that Jesus was not just a savior for the Jewish people, for his own people, for his own tribe and race and ethnicity and family. Jesus was going to be a savior for all people, a light to lighten all nations. Now, also in the season of Epiphany, we see other images and other stories come to mind. We remember the visit of the Magi. The Magi are visiting from the east. They are scholars. They have studied the scriptures. They have studied the stars. And they're coming. They're coming to Jerusalem and to Judea. They're coming. They're going to be guided and directed to Bethlehem there. And they're going to go to the home where Mary and Joseph are staying with Jesus, who is probably six months to two years at this particular point. And they are going to do something fascinating. They're going to come from outside the bubble into the bubble, this bubble of Bethlehem. And they're going to come with gifts, expensive gifts, notable gifts, and they're going to bow down and worship this toddler because they believe he's going to be a special king. They believe that he is the promised savior who is to come. So it's interesting, this direction of epiphany says that yes, the light of Jesus Christ will, will shine through the bubble out to all nations and all people. And yet that light will also call people into that bubble and connect them with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Multiple directions through this bubble. Not only do we get encouragement from, or in direction from Epiphany, we also get encouragement from Paul. Encouragement from Paul. 
The, the Bible verse that was read earlier, the New Testament passage from 1 Corinthians 13, this is the Apostle Paul's famous discourse on love, often read at wedding ceremonies. And some have called this the true definition of love. As you look at the, the example of God's love for us through Christ and are challenged then to receive that love and share that love with others. Let's refresh our minds and hearts here this morning from 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. What is the Apostle Paul's point here? That all of our life in ministry should be undergirded by God's love. God's love for us and God's love for all people. We are incredibly blessed here at St. Lawrence and Frankenmuth. We have wonderful facilities that have been provided for us by the goodness of God and the gracious generosity of his people here. We can worship in a, a more traditional fashion or in a more contemporary fashion. We can educate our young people and raise them up in the faith of Jesus Christ. We can also serve alongside one another and, and, and look to meet the needs of those around us in our community, region, and even world. And we can even go to the ends of the earth and share the gospel message of Jesus in tangible ways and through that spoken word that's shared. We have incredible privilege and blessing here in this place. And I love to see God's people here use those blessings to bless the lives of others in Jesus' name. But if we do that without love, the Apostle Paul warns us that it can be a distraction. It can be obnoxious. It can be ostentatious. It cannot be received with the intent that we might have. We must undergird our ministry with love in how we treat people, in how we welcome people, and how we listen to people, and yes, even in how we lead them to Jesus. Thanks be to God that he's given us this model and this example in his son, Jesus. You know, I've lived here, as I said, about a year and a half now, and in that time, I've received that love from you. My family has received that love from you. And now, you might be thinking, well, you're a pastor, we're kind of supposed to love you, so it's just, a, you know, <laughs> they kind of, you know, they coached us on that. But I actually think there's a genuine love that you have, that you've been given by the Lord and that you share with others and that you shared with me. And I wish that other people could see St. Lawrence and Frankenmuth through my eyes and feel the love that you have for me and my family because you have been warm and welcoming to me and my family and it's been a wonderful start of life and ministry here in your midst. I love you and you love me and I love living and working here. And it's been an incredible blessing for me and my family. I want other people to experience that love. That love that you've been given through Christ Jesus, your Lord, and that love that, you desi that he desires you to share with others. Not just with Pastor Brad and his family, but I want you to share that love with everybody as if they were Pastor Brad and his family. Especially the people who are different, who come from a different place, who have a, a different socioeconomic status, who might have a different ethnicity, who might have various beliefs and behaviors that don't necessarily fall in line with our values or views of the world. 
I hope that we're able to love them in Jesus' name as well. Love, friends, is that supreme ethic that the Apostle Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 13. We first receive it from God, we then share it with others. Third and finally this morning, the example of Jesus. The example of Jesus. Jesus Christ always did a good job of flipping the script. He was always counterintuitive. Yes, he came to God's people, the chosen people, the Jewish folks, and he proclaimed his message of salvation to them that it was found in himself, that he was this promised Messiah from of old. But he went beyond that, and he was always going beyond that to demonstrate to people how to love people with your whole life, and even to sacrifice yourself for the sake of others so that they would be welcomed into the kingdom of God. And this example of Jesus also shows up in Luke 4, the gospel reading for this morning. And when it it was day, Jesus departed and went into a desolate place. And people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. Why was Jesus sent to preach the good news of the coming kingdom of God? The kingdom of God that would find his reign and rule in the personal work of Christ. This kingdom that that God wanted to establish in our midst that was only made possible through the life, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus. And this kingdom that is yours right here and right now, and that is mine right here and right now, not because of how fantastic we are or because we're St. Lawrence Frankenmuth, but how wonderful Jesus is and how good and loving he is to us. Thanks be to God that he has forgiven us our sins for the times when we have been selfish from the times when we have been short-sighted, for the times when we've been really comfortable inside this bubble, but we haven't attempted to venture out. For the times when we have been so concerned about our own safety and security inside this bubble, we forgot to extend a hand beyond the bubble and bring someone else in. Uh, Someone else into that safety and security with us. Someone else into that family of faith that God has given to us here in this place and in this time. Friends, Jesus was always looking outside of cultural norms, outside of what was expected at that time, and outside of what was accepted at that time. And he did it because of love. He did it because he loved people, and he couldn't imagine a heaven without any of them. And so he would give his life for them. He does that for you. He does that for me. And he asks us, in turn, to consider this tension and to perhaps burst that bubble every once in a while as we allow other people in and as we reach out to them. You know, what's interesting about bubbles is not just that it keeps what's on the outside away, but what's interesting about bubbles is that anything on the inside of that bubble is released when it bursts. And you know what? I would love for God to burst this St. Lawrence Frankenmuth bubble and ooze some of that you all over the rest of the world. Because with you, there is love. With you, there is forgiveness because you first and foremost received that from Jesus. And I want everyone to experience that love 
and that forgiveness that we've experienced as God's people here in this place. So friends, it's challenging. It's challenging, I know. But three million people come through these gates every year to enjoy our company, to enjoy some food and some hospitality, to stay a while, to enjoy a festival or two like the Snowfest happening right now. And if the hospitality industry can put out the welcome mat for all kinds of people from all kinds of places, so can the church of Jesus Christ. So can St. Lawrence Frankenmuth. That is our calling. That is my challenge to you. That no matter where you live or no matter who you encounter, inside or outside the bubble, that you would continue to show how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. And all God's people said, amen.